I'm Lizanne Flynn. I'm a master healer who works with all earthlings to reunite them within themselves and with each other, regardless of the dimension they're currently in. I'm a medium as well as an animal communicator, medical intuitive, and channel for all beings. I use the tools of shamanic journeying and soul retrieval to support animals and humans as they heal from past trauma. I'm certified as a Reiki master teacher and as a canine massage therapist. This is the Animals I View podcast. As participants in my online academy, named the same as this podcast, The Animals I View, can attest to, the moment I set intention to say, create an example of a journey intention, or to connect with other energetic entities, somehow that energy takes it upon itself to just waltz right in, (laughs) which I always say in a fond, jesting way, because I know better and know well, actually, how ready the universe is for me to ask for what I need. And, in fact, sometimes it's not even a cohesive or cognizant intention on my part. Oftentimes it's perhaps when I'm searching for a word, let's say, or words to illustrate a concept that resonate with me, and I'm in that space of not knowing, and yet also, it should be noted, without anxiety or fear, that, again, they'll sense an open door and, without hesitation, step forward and through with confidence for exactly what it is that I need. It's as if, and this is truly pun intended, they can read my mind. (laughs) This last statement earns me a small chuckle on their part, for which I am always grateful, because the partnership I have with Universal Energy is made of such things. We tease each other with affection. They make their voice more affirmative, which is when I know to follow their recommendations more to the letter. And more and more often these days, I receive support when I'm actually, or keyword, I don't perceive, I'm seeking it, or that I even have a question or an intention in mind, which also reveals the depth of our bond with each other. They know I am in service to earthlings on the planet as a galactic visitor, and so as easy as they can make my path in human experience, the more of that service I can make available to more earthlings which is, of course, exactly how animals live on this planet, in service to each other and the earth herself, and so their relationship is similar to mine, although, to be sure, our experiences are different. I perceive their relationship is that much more pure than, say, for instance, one in human experience. And again, that's my opinion inside of human experience, rife with all the filters that we all have. And not that I'm being a thief of joy in comparing the two, it's just that, you know, for me, it's good to have goals. So during a webinar class, I might say, quote, share with me an animal of earth as an example of how when setting intention for a journey, it is not necessary to choose that animal as that animal, remember capital A, will choose you and so they do. All they need is an invitation. (laughs) And it's not that the animals of the earth can't tell the difference when I'm mentoring other humans. It's more that they are eager to, given the energy of the intention, to step forward and provide whatever is needed. 
The webinar members and I have a good laugh over whatever that message might be. And I really enjoy being so transparent with other humans about my process because I want them to see, feel, hear, and know just how phenomenally easy it is to allow, keyword, support from the universe. And as an aside, a word about support versus guidance. That's right, time for our bi-monthly or so spelling bee. Guidance by definition is help and advice about how to do something or about how to deal with problems connected with your work, education, or personal relationships, while support is to agree with and give encouragement to someone or something because you want him, her, or it to succeed. In our human experience structure, we somehow do not see ourselves as magical as we truly are, and perhaps as deserving of universal support as we all actually are as well. So we think, well, I'll ask, pray for what I want, or what I don't want to have happen, which, I'm hearing just now, is like having one of those eight balls that you shake up. That really is more of a game of chance, so to speak, although the resonating support might just appear every once in a while. To set intention, though, clearly and without reservation is a whole different thing, because that in itself authenticates you to the universe as a being of galactic energy, equal to the task of receiving the information that's perfectly matched with the intention so that you are fully supported in your own choices, and as well, secondarily, can't forget this one, accept the caveat of highest and best good in all of its balance and partnership of light and contrast within duality. And so, when I was truly just thinking about Polar Bear, in anticipation of making notes for this podcast, who should march with authority through that open door of allowing energy, Polar Bear themselves already full on with the message and just about in the tone of voice you might imagine from Polar Bear. Having no other predators than human, it is no wonder that Polar Bear would accept and expect the equal footing already present between another human and themselves, and who would embark on a lively discourse, ever so slight admonishment of our actions involving Polar Bear of late, and certainly for some time now. Which, given what I've already shared at being taken aback at first when receiving so fast a response from any intention, there most definitely is a difference that is physically felt for me when an animal in the wild comes through with all of the kapow, in a good way, energy punch that they hold in their planetary experience. And of course, what's so cool to think about that is how it might be for humans if our experience also matched our embedded galactic energy as theirs does. I dare say it would quite literally be off the planet, pun also intended. All species would then be united based on our communal soul paths and branching out into physical forms of who takes care of what on this magical, mystical, shared earth of experiment and experience. To be sure, 
placing communal soul paths first, as animals always have, brings our own animal species as human into the fold, and then, using the all-important form-follows function, each of our specific organic machines as vehicles for soul on Earth, aka our bodies, allows every single species to uniquely contribute to the care and maintenance of each other and of Earth. Because heads up, this duality we perceive and of which we are not so fond ain't going away anytime soon. Sure, I think the balance is subtly and not so subtly shifting towards light, and it takes every single being acting in concert, in balance and partnership within that duality, which may seem like a head-scratcher, just just repeat it a few times and let the energy take you where it no doubt eventually will. When writing up notes for the podcast, I was reminded by Polar Bear that I have a few statuettes, if you will, little tchotchkes of their likeness in my home, one of which is quite good sized. I happen to be fond of estate sales, and during the summer when my kids were young and after attending their soccer games, I considered it turnabout fair play that we would drive a bit slowly on the lookout for estate sale signs. Of course, of the three of us in the car, only one of us, (laughs) that would be me, was really on the lookout. The other two would say, no, mom, look away. That sign is an illusion. You don't see the estate sale sign. Keep driving. Literally, that's what they would say. The same would go for walking through a mall and a candle store be off to the side, although at this point, my oldest is perhaps more fond of candles than I am. Truth be told, I encourage them at these estate sales to be on the lookout for something that might catch their eyes, so naturally we came home with some unique items, which is why I love estate sales. One time it was a bleached cow's head, you know the kind that are popular in Western decor, in which twinkly lights are sometimes placed as if to reduce the whole macabre aspect of the skull itself. That was one of their choices. Another time it was the pelt of a fox, similar to the stole of a mink my mom wore in the 60s, complete with the heads and eyes of the mink taxidermied artfully so, as was the head of the fox, and lined with felt on the reverse side. And even then, I wasn't fond of the physical remains of animals in the wild in my home, and perhaps it was compartmentalization to say that I hadn't chosen them, so I wasn't responsible. The polar bear that's quite good size to which I refer is a coffee table plaster cast as a young polar bear with its paws in the air and supporting a glass oval tabletop. That one was all mine, and to this day, some 15 years later, it is still a treasured possession that makes me smile when I enter my living room. It's as if the bear is perhaps depending upon how you look at it, balancing on top of the ice up in the Arctic and looking under the ice for, say, perhaps a midday snack. And sure, the human perspective is that the bear is on its back and supporting the ice, and maybe like a broken clock, two things can be right at least twice a day. In looking at this plaster polar bear, I'm always struck by how balanced its paws are, and perfectly so for a relatively heavy piece of glass that fits just so on top of the paws. It's almost impossible, for me at least, to push from one side of the room to the other without some help. And if I have to do it myself, I have to put my feet against the body and push with my legs. 
Yes, I understand that it's human-made art, and at the same time, looking at the body of polar bear, we can see a mirrored image of that balance in such a fierce being, king of the land of ice and snow, alluding to their relative lion as being king of a different landscape altogether. And if I looked at the bear as flipped over and balancing on top of the ice, it's easy to see just how beautifully their large paws, and even the young have them, and longish bodies support them as they may straddle different pieces of ice that may or may not be slowly separating while searching for what we perceive to be the ever-elusive prey. And at this, polar bear pushes in with their charcoal black nose. It is human illusion that abundance doesn't exist at every turn. We know to wait, watch, and take action when it is necessary and needed. Otherwise, it is raising our young and enjoying the best of what our dear mother offers to us. The mother, remember, in this case is Earth, and at that, polar bear heaves a gusty sigh that smells exactly as you might imagine. Fishy, wet, salty, and at the same time, fresh as snow, again, pun intended. Then they hang their head. They know that the catalyst for their message, enough, is now coupled with just stop, the two being joined together as in enough, and a plea to just stop. I've talked before about our perception that when we violate the territorial boundaries of animals in the wild, having no sense of our own, that those boundaries need to be honored. We then shift into the victimhood of prey and scream that we were attacked. It's fair to say that often, as with any story, there are more than two sides, and yet Polar Bear asks, why must humans insist on not understanding their inherent role as apex predator and moreover a crushing weight upon not only the planet due to your overgrowth of numbers of beings, but equally as abhorrent is your insistence on knowing what's best for your needs of home and hearth without considering my own? At this point, I can feel the frustration of polar bear rising once again, and honestly, it's my impression that polar bear isn't used to becoming this frustrated with another apex predator that often. They continue. It's because the rest of us understand what role we play, where the lines are drawn, and each of us is committed to the bottom line of each other through the planet. Meaning, I uphold your rights as much as I do my own, because you are equally as important to the success of the planet as I am. And at least, that's the telepathic download of what I'm getting now. A nod from Polar Bear tells me that the translation is correct. An admittedly rare attack for this time of the season occurred in January in the town of Wales, Alaska, in which a woman and her child were killed by a polar bear who was then shot and killed also. In quoting from the article whose link is in the podcast notes, quote, As the climate warms, there is less sea ice for polar bears to inhabit, meaning they will inevitably wander into communities. It's definitely consistent with what we expect to see across the Arctic as the ecosystem rapidly changes. This is a range-wide issue as we're seeing the Arctic transform and warm at almost four degrees faster than the rest of the planet. And so begins the message of polar bear of enough. There is another gusty sigh to start, this one heavily laden with fatigue and yet underneath is a furnace stoked with mounting rage. Enough is the roar. 
enough new human bodies, enough new demands because of these bodies for shelter and food, enough damage to the ice and temperature of our mother upon which we all depend. It's not just about the shrinking ice cap because it affects my ability to live. It's about the ability of the planet to adequately cool herself and provide less exertion as she completes her cycle around the sun. Enough acting as if the ice, because it's not in your backyard, isn't your immediate concern. Soon enough, you will find that it is your concern and already some of your species are suffering unbearably with out-of-control heat and wildfires, and still you say, we need more. Enough. You have enough. And still you grab and claw for more and just for you, not even thinking about your fellow soul and human experience. Do you think we know nothing about your wars or your crimes against each other or your poverty or your lack of equity for every single member of your species? Enough burying your heads in the snow and plugging your ears and singing as if you were not responsible for the race car fast climate shift that is accelerating even as we share our thoughts and feelings with our ambassador. Enough. This last is such a powerful war that I wish there was something like hear, O vision, H-E-A-R, you know, where you could hear what that sounds like inside my head. I don't feel fear in the face of this part Arctic and part fiery blast. I feel a kinship and power and such an incredible amount of grace that I want to weep. So, as you go about your week ahead, think enough, be enough. Feel enough. In this way, you can take the message of Polar Bear and its multitude of nuances into your own experience and join with them in shifting the tide of the planet, literally. And at least, that's how Polar Bear sees it. Thanks for listening today. Leave a review if you're so inspired and be sure to subscribe to this podcast. I offer all new clients a free 15-minute consultation. Reach out if you think I can be of service and to schedule online via www.lizanneflynn.com. Come and find me on social media, Facebook, Twitterverse, Instagram, and LinkedIn. I encourage you to sign up for my quarterly newsletter on my website, where I also post notices for upcoming events, the starting date of courses in the Animals Eye View Academy, and online psychic fairs. On Wednesday, March the 8th at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, there will be a free Zoom in which you can learn all about the Master Language Immersion course that's set to start in June of this year. The link will be in my podcast footer, and I'll be sending out a reminder newsletter in February. One of the requirements is attunement to Reiki Level 1, which will be discussed during the Zoom meeting, and you know, if you're listening to this podcast on the regular... You're likely also becoming more sensitive to the world and to animals around you. And you may be thinking, how did she know that? Well, that's just how the language of energy works. There is no separation. Send me an email if you want to chat privately about the course, which I will be happy to do. Tune in in two weeks' time where we'll be talking about the difference between emotions and feelings and how to navigate what feels like a sticky wicket at times. Because... It just doesn't have to be that way, y'all. This has been the Animal's Eye View podcast. I'll see you next time.